you know, as Christians, we have to understand and, and be real with where we are. That's what we have to see first, individually. And what where our mindset is and what we desire. Airing the Addisons. I think what God is really calling us back to, it's those individual personal revivals in our own lives where we're like, oh Lord, what have we done? We have minimized you. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. As the church, man, we should be on the forefront yes. of making disciples, of indoctrination in godly things. If we don't train our kids, they will not be able to stand. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. For he hath founded it upon the waters and established it upon the floods. Welcome to Airing the Addison's Alex McFarland here. Uh, so honored to be sitting in for Will and Mickey Addison. Hey, by the way, they, those uh, dear friends of mine, Will and Mickey, they're going to be speaking at our youth camp this summer, the Unashamed Building Your Biblical Worldview Youth Camp. I'll tell you more about that in a moment. But I want to say what an honor it is to be on Airing the Addison's today. We have a great show. In just a minute, we're going to have a conversation with Josh Josh Clark. He is a uh, Georgia State representative, and he's uh, running for the U.S. Senate, but we're going to talk about some issues, uh, and I'm very honored to have Josh Clark on in just a moment. If you recognize my voice, it's probably because of the show that will air immediately after this program on the American Family Radio Network, the program Exploring the Word. And we'll be starting the book of Galatians today. And by the way, I want to say before we bring up uh, candidate Josh Clark, Uh, I want to thank everybody that prayed for the American Family Radio Network and participated in last week's Share-a-thon, the Spring 2022 Share-a-thon. And um, I don't know the details. I'm sure we'll get that on exploring the Word. But I hear that many people uh, really rose to the challenge and and gave donations that we could, yes, call our nation back to morality, call our nation back to the constitutional principles of our founding, but call our nation to Jesus— our country, you know, there's nothing our nation faces that a good old, good old dose of Jesus wouldn't fix. And our founding fathers, they knew the Judeo-Christian worldview. And I'm going to read just a little bit from Psalm 24, and then we'll we'll bring our guest up. But the the psalm says this: that who shall ascend to the hills of the Lord? Who will be able to stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart, who has not lifted up his soul to vanity nor sworn deceitfully. He shall receive the blessing from the Lord and the righteousness from God, the God of his salvation. You see, when you put your faith in Christ, yes, your sins are forgiven. Yes, your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. But when you come to Christ, you are declared righteous uh, in the eyes of God. You're, You're as holy as Jesus. Now, we didn't deserve it. We can't earn it. We can't buy it or somehow merit that. That's why it's grace. It's unmerited. But Romans 4 says, and Psalm 24 alludes to, when you are a child of God, you are declared righteous. And the only way you can ever face God one day when you leave this world is if you have the righteousness of Christ, which is yours through faith. Well, we'll talk more about that, I'm sure. But, uh, you know, this morning early I was uh, reading the news, and there's so much going on, uh, the border crisis. Uh, I would say that we really are on the the verge, unless there's some 
just turnaround of a constitutional crisis. And to weigh in on these and other issues, I reached out to U.S. Senate candidate from Georgia, Josh Clark, and I'm very honored. I know he is on the campaign trail, but he's an experienced legislator, a, a businessman, a great citizen. And Josh, I want to thank you for making time to be with us briefly this afternoon on the American Family Radio Network. Well, Alex, I want to thank you so much for having me. It's great to be with you this morning, or actually this afternoon. (laughs) Exactly. And hey, you are so busy, but you know what? Your heart as a public servant is very evident that with uh, just only a couple of hours' notice, you blocked out some time to speak with us on the radio. And I want to acknowledge your the servant spirit that you exhibit, and thank you for being with us. Well, thank you again. It's great to be with you, and appreciate how what you guys are, what you're doing, and uh, what you've been doing for decades to help build, help restore, and encourage biblical truth. Which, as I was sharing with uh, someone yesterday, I, I believe that everything is supposed to be downwind of the church, the culture, politics, mm. everything. So yes. I appreciate uh, all that you've done. And I know as we're crisscrossing the state as a family in the Liberty bus across Georgia, uh, I know you've done that all across the country. So a little bit. Yeah. Tra- yeah. Traveled extensively. Uh, well, we have, we have, and um, do you know what, uh, yesterday, Josh, and th- this will cue up our conversation, but you know, um, I was reading in First Samuel 17 when David slew Goliath, and I think, you know, throughout life, uh, we all face some giants, some Goliaths. I happen to think our nation is kind of in a David and Goliath struggle right now, but David said, when they said, you know, what are you doing? What do you think you're doing coming out here to try to fight this giant? David said, is there not a cause? And, you know, I think that for Christians and churches and citizens and everybody listening, look, regardless of where you are on the spiritual spectrum, just if you care about our nation, Josh, there is a cause, isn't there? Isn't there, isn't there a cause sufficient yeah. to motivate all of us like you've done? I know you served two terms in the Georgia House of Representatives, correct? That's right. Yeah, and I left unopposed, yeah. Wow. So, so what led you, uh, past and your present uh, campaign, what, what led you to get into a life of public service like this? And, I mean, it, it is hard work. I've known a lot of candidates, and just the time, the sacrifice of your, your dear wife and family, I mean, uh, this is no cakewalk, and yet you, you've done this. Yeah. What led you, Josh? Well, I really, to answer that question, um, give that a an accurate, I guess, uh, appropriate full answer and give honor where honors due, and really go back to my upbringing. I was very blessed to grow up uh, and be homeschooled by my mother. I was the oldest of 10 children. My father was a pastor in a small church, and my mother, as a teacher, decided to homeschool us. And I, I know, we, I think we'd all agree that it's so important what happens inside of our homes is I'm blessed with six children that we're praying that God will do a miracle that, that we can watch to be world changers, to make an impact for the kingdom. But I was blessed to grow up in, in that home and, and blessed that my mother invested so much in homeschooling as a result. You know, I learned about history um, as it happened, you know, hmm. uh, wow. rather than being indoctrinated with all this false information that kids are getting and don't understand our heritage and the biblical principles that were woven into the Constitution. You know, so much of this generation today doesn't know, but I, I was blessed. 
And I was blessed not only to get that, but I also, my, my dad, I think, had a goal for us to memorize the Bible. And uh, wow. I only made it through about 10 books from beginning to end. But, um, but, it, but God's Word does not return void. And it really impacted me. And it impacted me in my, uh, in me get, my, my desire to get involved in public service. And when I got out of high school, I started rolling up my sleeves to try to help get, as best as I could tell, godly men and women who were called to run for office and were constitutional conservatives. They understood the limited role of government. And I would mm-hmm. just roll up my sleeves and help them as a businessman. And, you know, I, I really ha- I'm not a polit- – I wouldn't call myself a politician or certainly I'm not yeah. a career politician. I served a couple terms and left, but – I thought I was going to be a pastor or a missionary one day and was building a business or businesses that would support me in ministry. And then God ended up calling me into (laughs) myself into public service. Hey, Josh, I want to ask you some word definitions. Um, Help us understand, what is a constitutional conservative? I mean, we we hear liberal conservative. Um, Is there a distinction between conservative and constitutional conservative? That's a great uh, point you bring up. Thank you. I, I believe that there there can be really, in many times, there's a big difference. I mean, not, not always. People use different terms. They mean different things. But to me, um, I took an oath as a state representative to uphold the Constitution. And yet I see so many people today um, from the Supreme Court, right, who uh, we have our latest nominee, Katanji Jackson, who believes in you know her own writing laws versus being a strict um, contextualist and Mm. as Clarence Thomas, who we're proud of from Georgia, an originalist, contextualist, you know, Mm. I believe that we need to be adhering to the Constitution. So I carry that around with me. I I I don't want to use use the word revere, but too much because I I revere God. But I believe that that Constitution is sacred and that you Amen. know, it's not the Bible, but I believe biblical principles were woven into the fabric of these founding documents, and I believe that's what's led to us being such a great nation and being a light around the world. And I think that we've got to—I'm going to use that word in the in the context you understand me to mean. I, I revere it. I respect it. Yeah. And so that's that's what I mean. And as a as I run for the U.S. Senate. I believe that it's critical that we elect somebody who understands the Tenth Amendment, that understands that the powers of the federal government are limited, enumerated, they're very specific, and we need to keep in that nearly defined lane. And it's not for us to be, you know, the overreach that's going on in the federal government right now is absolutely outrageous what's happening oh, right my now goodness, and how yes. it's impacting our daily lives. So that's that's what I mean by that. Uh, you know, I remember in um, 2016 when um, Hillary Clinton was running against Donald Trump. You know, repeatedly Hillary Clinton said that the Constitution is a quote living document. End of quote. Which um, I disagree with that. But I want to ask you, as a candidate for Senate, I mean, when when you hear people, and generally it's those on the left that will say this: the Constitution is a living document. Um, what what does that mean, and why should the average citizen be concerned about that type of terminology? Well, I think one of my opponents who 
really kind of is a great example of that, who, you know, I love him as a sports hero, and I won't say anything. I told him recently, I met with him and said, listen, I won't say anything behind your back that I won't say to your face, but I, I honestly have, I'm in this race, number one, that's like God called me to it. But number two, I'm really concerned that we, and to answer your question, I'll share this example, but I'm very concerned that there's a, this red wave coming that I'm excited about, right? It's encouraging. But I think we can also almost um, grow lax and, and comfortable with this red wave coming. But the big question is, have a, we can have a false assurance in that red wave. The question is, who's on that red wave? And for example, right. my childhood uh, hero, Herschel Walker, he said just over a year ago, I have a video of this, but he says, you know, guys, it's going to freak y'all out. And they're, they said, what? He's on a podcast. He said, I- I've been thinking about it. He said, you know, the Constitution was written so long ago in a bygone era, he said, and because of changing demographics, I think we need to amend the Constitution. And he repeats himself several times without elaborating, elaborating on it beyond it was written so long ago, therefore it should be changed. And I think yeah. that that is very, very dangerous. It doesn't mean a person's a bad person by any means. It's just the difference between electing somebody just because they ha- they're a sports hero or a celebrity versus right. somebody who understands that these were very educated. These were, I mean, there was, I mean, I believe that God did an absolute, just a miracle in the founding of this country and the biblical principles that were woven in that constitution. Oh, and yeah. I believe that within it, we do have the tools to make an amendment um, if if necessary, and there's been a few amendments, but you don't just you don't just change it with the times or with the changing demographics. And so yeah. that's where I am very, um, you know, I believe that it, if we mess with it, we'll mess with it to our own peril. The reason uh, why I, I completely agree is because we've had it. I completely agree. Hey, Josh, um, can you hang on? I know we've got a, a brief break coming up. Can you hang yep. on with us a few more moments? And uh, hey, g- give us your website. How can people find you online, Josh? Go to votejosh.com. That's votejosh.com. Votejosh.com. Hey, folks, you're listening to the American Family Radio Network. Alex McFarland sitting in for Will and Mickey Addison this hour. We're talking with Josh Clark votejosh.com is his website some very important things we're going to talk about some issues about the border crisis we're going to talk about uh international affairs and so uh what a privilege to get some news and analysis from someone whose finger is really on the pulse of what's going on and good or bad what might go on in our country if we don't understand what a precious thing our liberty and our constitution is so stay tuned the american family radio network with Alex McFarland is back after this. The following are real-life stories from Trinity Debt Management. My story begins with debt, a lot of debt. I used my credit cards as a source of income. It was not a good situation. I couldn't pay my bills. The interest on the cards was really high. If you're in debt and you need help, call Trinity at 1-800-788-1813. I initially was scared to call, and immediately I felt relieved. They contacted all of our creditors, and they put us on a plan for success. Trinity will consolidate your accounts into 
one easy-to-manage monthly payment reduce your interest and possibly improve your credit score? You'll save thousands. I've been able to pay off close to $15,000. We're doing a lot better. Please pick up the phone and see how affordable and easy it is to pay off your debt. It's a godsend. We're debt-free for keeps. Call Trinity at 1-800-788-1813. That's 1-800-788-1813. We are not allowed to have a U-Haul that comes to heaven with us. Anna Marie Travers has an AFA Foundation charitable gift annuity. The Lord has given us uh, things that we can uh, acquire, uh, but you know, everything will stay here. And I'm so thankful for, for the American Family uh, Annuity Fund where we can give some to something that we so highly value. Through the AFA Foundation, a charitable gift annuity provides a monthly income as well as a legacy of support for the American Family Association. I cannot uh, recommend a, a better person than uh, they have at AFA to help you with getting your annuity fund it was so easy. Call the AFA Foundation today to find out how you can set up a charitable gift annuity. Just call 800-326-4543, extension 345. It gives an impetus to share your faith when you think you've got answers to objections that you expect people to bring up. The American Family Studios video series, Intro to God's Revelation, featuring Dr. Richard Howe, shows how God has revealed Himself in nature and His Word, and how we can rightly understand what God has said. These truths are just a part and parcel of the Christian life. It isn't just for the professional clergy. Learn the fundamentals of how to approach and understand the Bible in an age of skepticism. This six-week video curriculum is perfect for your Sunday school class or study group and it can prepare you to give a defense of God's Word and how He speaks to us in nature. Knowing whether and how God communicates is a safeguard against false claims about God communicating. Intro to God's Revelation, DVDs and workbook are available for purchase at afastore.net or call 877-927-4917. It's amazing when you can identify a genuine convert. Because I'm going to tell you what it's the equivalent of, and people, this will be so offensive to you, I do not even care. It's the equivalent of one getting saved and bringing their idols and saying, man, we got to crush this. We got to, anything that rivals my affection for Jesus and his people, we got to crush this. Welcome back to the American Family Radio Network. You know, we began reading from Psalm 24, and we're talking with candidate Josh Clark from Georgia. And, you know, Josh, um, you and I are both believers, and I was just reading Psalm 24, which says, The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. And um, there's a uh, there's a verse in here, verse 7, when I was a kid and I would hear this verse in church, I thought, what in the world does this mean? And in the King James, it says, Lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be ye lifted up, ye everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is this King of glory, the Lord strong and mighty? The Lord mighty in battle. Okay, listen to this. I was looking up in a lexicon. Gates and doors. In the ancient world, they represented seats of authority. Like the city gates, you know, uh, if the gates were strong and stable, the city would be considered secure. And when it says, lift up 
the gates and the doors, and the King of Glory shall come in. Long story short, it really means that the seats of authority and leadership and government and national defense and policy and legislation, in other words, the the realms of culture, should be submitted to God's truth. And and when Amen. the gates of the city are founded on on morality and truth and the timeless revelation of God, uh, that's when the presence of the Lord can be operative in a culture. In other words, like you said earlier in the program, that uh, government and culture should be downwind of the church. And I, I didn't really consciously pick Psalm 24 for our conversation, but really uh, the scripture I was reading earlier in the program is exactly uh, what, what you alluded to in your first few moments. Yes. Well, when I, amen, I agree with that. I'm concerned that too often as Christians, we get caught up in our everyday life. Um, we get caught up in, you know, just being content. That, and this is good. This is not a bad thing. But we get, we're, we're going to church every Sunday. You know, we're not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together. We're getting our kids into church. You know, we, we go to lunch afterwards. Um, that's not something we got to do, by the way, growing up. You were too hmm. poor to do that, but <laughs> yeah. the lunch afterwards part. But but that always seemed like the dream. You go to church, you get a lunch afterwards kind of deal. But I remember being challenged by a lady who just passed away at 97 years old. But she gave me a book over a decade ago. And the book was You Can Change the World by Father Keller. And, and he started the Christopher movement, and he would challenge people. And I believe that we as Christians need to be challenged to how do we use our unique gifts, our talents, our abilities, our opportunities to go out there and change the world that's not okay that just our family's okay. Yes, it needs to start within our families. Yes, it needs to start within our families, but it needs to branch out from there, that mm -hmm. we need to have ripples that impact our communities, that impact our country, that impact the world. And so that is why, you know, I've just, I feel like heaven is, the eternal vacation, right? <laughs> we're we're kicking back and, and, and enjoying everything. But right now, you know, I want to enjoy serving. Jesus said, I cannot be served, but to serve. And I think that biblical principles should make a huge difference, not only in our personal lives and our family, but in our community when godly people are rising up and serving and doing things God's way that people, as I said earlier, will rejoice. Right, and when they don't, the people are, will mourn, and we're doing a lot of mourning, a lot of evil right now. Well, yes, and uh, folks, if you're just tuning in, Alex McFarland here on the American Family Radio Network. We're talking with Josh Clark from uh, Georgia. I know we have a lot of listeners in Georgia. Josh, uh, uh, Warner Robins, Georgia, Peachtree City, all over, uh, well, Atlanta and Northern Georgia. Got a lot of great folks in Georgia listening, and of course, uh, throughout all fifty states, listening right now. Uh, but um, Georgians and Americans in general, what what issues concern you the most, Josh? Especially like um, the current occupant of the White House. All right, and folks, I I just want to say, look, uh, it's no secret I'm a I'm a Christian conservative. I do pray for the president. I I care for the president, Amen. and I pray for our country. So, um, folks, I I know I'm speaking for myself, and I would suspect Josh too. What we're saying right now is not partisan. We're just, we're just talking about mm -hmm. the welfare of the country. But, um, Josh, what, what concerns you, and what are the foremost issues that are on your heart and mind right now? 
Well, um, before I answer that, if I can quickly comment on you mentioning the listeners across the country, um, I, I want to just point out it's exciting to get to give a shout out to those of you in Georgia, but you know, they, these issues, my race affects the entire country. And um, as you said, you know, we, I've always said that it's about Jesus isn't one party or another, but just asking what would Jesus do? But um, that's my desire by God's grace to live that out. And the reason why I align with one party, um, and, you know, it goes back to a conversation I had with my mother when I was six years old. I said, are we Republican or, or are we Democrat? And she said, parties change, but principles remain. And so what I'm concerned about is, you know, biblical principles like life. She brought number one is life. And uh, it's interesting. I've observed that when a candidate studies show, when a candidate gets that issue right, they're going to look out for you with the other issues. And so right. that's, that's one of my, one of the most important issues to me. Um, but, uh, but speaking of this race for a second, this affects the entire country um, because the U.S. Senate votes on issues not just affecting Georgia, but the entire country. And um, if people are concerned about what's happening in Washington with one party controlling everything, then this is an opportunity to balance that out by uh, whether they're praying for us, whether they're joining us to make phone calls, uh, which people are doing across the country, or whether they're able to vote for us in Georgia. But some of the issues that are really heavy on my heart is the the first part, the primary one in 2020, is I was just grieving like so many Americans just watching our country go through this pandemic and then watching how we're responding to that pandemic um, and seeing our religious liberties being stripped away. I have a friend out in California, uh, Mike McClure, who's the pastor of Calvary Chapel, San Jose. And we actually flew out there. We went to church with them in June of 2020, but they were being fined millions of dollars for daring to keep their doors open. I mean, and yeah. of course, it's not as if they were mandating that anybody came to church or anything. If they were the doors, were, if they wanted to watch it online, they could. But they yeah. needed to come, and there was so much mental health challenges in our country. And I witnessed people pouring through the doors. You could tell were hurting, and the church is just loving on them with food and 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 providing for them and just lo- loving them as Christ has commanded us to do. And yet they were trying to shut them down. There's so many examples of that. And it just broke my heart to see that. And, uh, you know, I was watching a victim mentality that was uh, permeating our society. And so we started um, an overcomer conference. There's a verse that I love that says we are more than most of us know the word conquerors. Um, mm-hmm. But a more literal, they say Hebrew translation is overcomers. We are more than overcomers through Christ, which loved us. And so... Later on, though, that year, the year, a week actually before the election, I had a sleepless night. I was just on my knees, just praying for our country, praying for our leaders. And um, I felt like the Lord just spoke to me that night and said, you're not done with politics. And, and I thought I'd mm. done my, I'd served, you know, and now it's other people's turn. I was done. <laughs> and I was in a uh, marketplace, or I had a marketplace ministry that I felt I was very, God had called me to and enjoying but I couldn't explain what happened that night. But the next morning, I told Chelsea, I said, I don't know when or what God's up to, but I believe he's preparing me for the U.S. Senate. And I said, I don't see that happening anytime soon, but that's what happened last night. And anyway, and then, of course, the whole nation knows what happened over the coming weeks. And it took a while before God really got through to me, got my mm-hmm. attention, 
In fact, a good friend of mine, Chip Ingram, has been a mentor to me, and Chip said oh, yes. to me, he said, Josh, as you get older, you're supposed to hear the whisper, not get beat over the head. <laughs> but um, but God loves us enough to, to you know to keep on reaching out, and I just ended up realizing I had these series of people challenging us, and through um, fasting and prayer, and it's really a crazy story. But I don't know if there's enough time for that. But but so really, number one, you know, my heart was really just broken in 2020, watching our First Amendment rights, freedom of speech, oh, yeah. freedom of religion being trampled on, watching doctors being silenced that couldn't advise their patients according oh my to goodness, their yes. expert opinion. Yes. Oh, yeah, and, right? and just, let me say this, I think this is a concern on the minds of a lot of people, Josh, is how the pandemic, how reaction to the pandemic was so politicized, and how um, many of our liberties just, uh, like, you know, freedom of assembly and religious freedom, and then, you know, medicine, our health care, which really should be science, you know, dispassionate, unbiased science, but what doctors were allowed to do to treat their patients was so severely compromised that, um, you know, here's what people are asking. Um, if COVID was such an attempt to uh, make an excuse to undermine our liberties, you know, what, what lies ahead? And uh, was the way COVID handled, what, will it set a precedent for future uh, liberties to be undermined or taken away when the the right situation arises. It's like that, I used to hear that phrase, you know, never let a good crisis go to waste. Um, Boy, I I think those on the left that are more socialist and Marxist, uh, I mean, they probably saw COVID with, you know, they salivated over such an opportunity to move us away from a a principled republic of liberty. And uh, people are concerned about present and future threats to our liberty that uh, were a result of COVID. Well, it reminded me of President Reagan's words. My youngest daughter is named Reagan, and Mm. President Reagan said that liberty is only one generation from extinction. It's not passing the bloodstream. It's got to be fought for and defended, or else we'll be explaining to our children what it was like when men were free. And I don't want to have that. I will not have that conversation, by God's grace, with my kids or grandkids one day, and they say, Dad, did, Grandpa, did you see, I don't have any grandkids yet, but the oldest is 18, but, but did you see, Dad, did you see what was happening? And I have to say, I, I did. And what did you do about it? Well, I was too caught up in enjoying the blessings of liberty and the prosperity this country's been blessed with that, you know, I just sat back and hoped it would all work itself out. And... I don't, I don't believe that that's, I mean, God has different ways for us to be involved, and some of us God's called into full-time ministry, marketplace. I believe we're all called to ministry. Um, right. I believe the Great Commission involves all of us, and it could be, you know, and I don't think one form is more effective than another, but we should be, as far as, are you pastor by vocation, or are you a minister in the marketplace? But we all need to be engaged and say, mm-hmm. here I am, Lord, send me. I'm ready, whatever that is. And I never thought it'd be politics for me. But, you know, in Romans 13, he calls government officials are supposed to be the ministers of God, right? Oh, absolutely. So if you go to Washington, what what are you going to do first, Josh? Well, I think the first thing that needs to be done is we need to secure our borders. And I am staunch on this. At the same time, though, I'd say that I'm, I'm, I'm so convicted of this and 
upset about what's going on, and it's because I'm a compassionate conservative. And when I say compassionate, I mean, I slept on the floor for years while we would have homeless people and people who needed a place to stay in our home, and they had my bedroom. And I think that's wonderful. The church should be involved in opening our homes and opening our church and loving on people. But I believe that as a country, the most uh, uncompassionate thing we can do is just open up our borders and allow drugs to come across like they are. So much fentanyl from China. There's enough now to kill every man, woman, and child in this country. You know, number one cause of death, 18 to 45, is drug overdoses. Um, sex right. trafficking, which I fought. I've got four daughters. I'm very um, I get fired up about that issue. And yet I feel like everything I tried to do at the state level has been completely undone by a federal government, by Biden administration that's just opened the borders up. And you can't have a country, you can't have national security while you allow you know people coming across the southern border from 147 countries. And some of those are terrorists, are literally oh, terrorist yeah. countries. We don't know who's here. So that has to be, to me, like shut down, shut down everything. You want to vote for me? You want that? There's only 100 of us. My vote's going to be very important because it looks like we can win. It may just be one, but we can win that one seat. We can flip the Senate and put a check to Biden. And I'm not going to be one of those who I'm one of those principled. You're not going to get me by, hey, here's a chairmanship. Here's a, you know, you need our help to get reelected. I've already had those tests. I got tested my I'll never forget my first term, the leadership said, called me up from the House floor and said, who do you think you are, the tail wagging the dog? You need us to get reelected. And I said, Mr. Leadership, in all due respect, I said to the member of leadership, in all due respect, I said, when I get home at night and my kids are asleep, I need to know that I fought for the next generation. And I lay my head on the pillow, I need a clear conscience between me and God. So I'm going to be a tough one for them to deal with because I'm, you know, I'm winsome, loving but I'm not going to bow down. We've got to fix that issue quickly or we won't have a nation anymore. So I'd say that would be one of the, there's three big ones for me among a lot, but that's, I think that's the biggest that time is ticking. We must fix it. Yeah. Um, You know, on your website, you've got a page of the issues and, and let me commend you. They're well stated. And uh, I I personally, I'm just speaking for myself, but I definitely agree with your positions. Uh, Josh, we're almost out of time. Give us your website. It's votejosh.com, and that's votejosh.com. Love for you to follow us. Love for you to follow us on social media. All my links are across the top there. We'd love to uh, have you engage. If you have questions, issues, feel free to reach out. We'd certainly appreciate your prayers. Join the team. We need folks to help us call. If you resonate with what God's called us to, we need people to join us by making phone calls, praying, or getting involved in the trenches with us in Georgia. Hey, man. Hey, Josh, thanks for your time today. Can we visit again soon? I would love to. Thank you so much, Alex, for having me. God bless you. God bless you, Josh Clark from Georgia. And folks, you're listening to the American Family Radio Network. Alex McFarland here. we got a great show. Hey, if you want to call in, it's 888-589-8840. 888-589-8840. We'll talk about some issues, some news in light of God's Word and more. Stay tuned. Too busy to catch your favorite shows on the radio? Have no fear, because the AFR app is here. Download the app to have access to live broadcast, music streaming, as well as each podcast. Whether you're at work, at home, or on the go, it's easy to listen to AFR. The AFR app is available not only for Apple and Android users, but also on Amazon Alexa and Roku. 
Download the AFR app today at AFR.net. When you hear this, this is American Family News. You know what follows is the truth. Your news from a Christian perspective. Hundreds of teachers are going to have to walk into that school building and they are forced to swallow political ideology that in many cases violates their very faith and conscience. If you miss it at the top of the hour, American Family News podcasts are available at AFN.net and sign up for our daily news brief at AFN.net. And my father, your great-grandfather, fought in World War II. Really? He was a gunner on the big ship out in the Pacific Ocean. Wow. Your great-grandmother did her part, too. Was she on a ship? Oh, no. She stayed back home. She and a lot of her friends worked really hard in a factory because the men had gone off to war. And they held scrap metal drives to help in the war effort. The folks back home were heroes, too. Here at the American Family Association, we consider you the heroes back home. As you fulfill your responsibility of caring for your family day to day, your partnership with us is crucial as we fight the enemies of freedom in America. Thank you for your commitment to the American Family Association. Grandpa, what's a scrap metal drive? Let's get some cookies and I'll tell you all about it. The thing that solidified the reality that you were my wife was your heart for God. When the scripture says, he that finds a wife. So I began conferring with my pastor in New Orleans the whole time. I, yeah. I would tell him about you, tell him when we, you know, when we spend time together. And he said, Abe, spend some time praying and ask God to reveal her heart to you and write down what the Lord showed you, and which is what I did. It was all God. It was really God because when you did that, you followed the instruction of your pastor and God revealed to you who I was. God showed you things that you couldn't have known at that moment in our short time meeting each other. I was so grateful because it showed me that you hear from God. And I was at that moment convinced that the only place to live is in the middle of God's will. Like I knew that was a part of the foundation that God would have us to build for our marriage, you know, going forward. Tune in to By Design, Saturday afternoons at 4 Central on American Family Radio. The earth is the Lord's. You know, that's a present tense verb, is. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. That's you and me. Welcome back to the American Family Radio Network. Alex McFarland here. So glad you're listening. So honored that you're listening. Hey, let me uh, take a break from the the news and issues that we're uh, discussing. And and by the way, I'll give the phone number. It's 888-589-8840. 888-589-8840. I'd love to hear from you if you've got a question or comment. Uh, let me do uh, a little commercial here about what we have going on. Um, as you probably know, uh, Bert Harper and I do Exploring the Word every day, Monday through Friday, at 3 to 4 Central Time, 4 to 5 Eastern Time, and all across the country. And by the way, you can listen online 
at AFR.net. We do uh, so much of what we do goes out over radio stations all across the USA. We call that terrestrial radio, but you can listen online as well. And of course, there's a, an app for all mobile devices that um, you can listen to all the great programming of the American Family Radio Network. Uh, a couple things that I've got going on that I'd love to, for you to be a part of. I'm going to be at the Cove, the Billy Graham Training Center in Western North Carolina. If, if you've been to the Cove, you know what I'm talking about. But if you've never been, oh my goodness. For one thing, it is like world-class. The auditorium, the video, the sound is just world-class. The accommodations are wonderful. The food, forget about it. The food is amazing. Uh, it's like a, you know, I don't know, four or five diamond chef. But the great thing about the Cove is that the presence of the Lord is there. Billy Graham and his wife, the great uh, Christian leader Billy Graham, they, they prayer walked all over those grounds, and they built this wonderful conference center. I'll be there July 8th through 10th. July 8, 9, and 10, teaching First Peter. Now, next summer, a year from now, I'm going to teach Second Peter, but at the Cove, one of the reasons I really love it whenever Will Graham calls me up, because he's the executive director of the Cove, uh, they want you to teach the Bible, and so that's what we do, and I've been there for many summers. If you want to come, I would love to meet you. Uh, the website is thecove, T-H-E-C-O-V-E, thecove.org, and uh, sign up, come, get yourself to Western North Carolina, the beautiful mountains of North Carolina, and we'll be teaching the Bible, First Peter, and a lot of that deals with what we call apologetics, which is defending the Christian faith. Uh, you know, I've been an apologetics author and speaker for 25 years and got about 19 books out on the subject. But uh, The Cove, it's going to be great, July 8 through 10. Love to have you there, and you'll meet people from throughout the USA and North America, and we'll have great fellowship, food, the Word of God, and we'll pray together. We're going to intercede and pray for this country. Then uh, another thing that I want you to uh, know about, and it's very apropos that I mention this on this radio show, but our summer camp for youth, and we've done this since 1998, but uh, we do a summer camp, and it's Biblical Worldview Camp, and it's going to be July 17th through 22nd. July 17 through 22nd. Now, I know summertime is fast approaching, but listen, the middle school and high schoolers in your life, do you, do you care about teenagers knowing Jesus, knowing how to defend their Christian faith? And let me say this, do you care about teenagers understanding what America is and our precious liberties and freedoms? Uh, well, come to the camp. Now, check out the theme this year. You're going to love this. The theme for our summer camp is Unashamed building your biblical worldview. Now, do you remember Romans 1.16, the Apostle Paul said, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation to the Jew and to the Gentile. So our theme is unashamed, building your biblical worldview, July 17th through 22nd. Now, I'll be there. One of the great youth speakers in our nation, Andy Lawrenson, is going to be there. There's going to be music, food. Look, we're going to do ropes course and swimming and stand-up paddle boards and fishing and hiking and all that fun camp stuff, but we're going to talk about biblical worldview, and guess who else is going to be there? Will and Mickey Addison. Somebody asked me, they were like, by video? No, in person. Now, if you love Will and Mickey, and we certainly do, they're amazing, dynamic, dynamic, godly leaders. They're going to be there, and if you think about this, do you think five, six, seven days of being in the Word of God you think that's going to 
impact your young people? Yeah, it will forever. And so uh, I tell people, moms and dads, look, they'll, they'll say, well, my, my, my child is going to soccer camp or something like that. Oh, my goodness. For God and country. Uh, here's what I say. Invest a week that will count for a lifetime. It really will. We've been doing these camps a long time. We've rented camps all over the country. And so last summer I spoke. This is like an hour east of Raleigh, North Carolina. It's called The Refuge. And and my wife went with me. I spoke there last year. And my wife said, this is where you need to do your camp in 2022. So we did it. We've rented this camp. It is so awesome. The food is great. The, uh, the dorms are air-conditioned, really nice. So it's about an hour east of Raleigh, North Carolina. Super easy to get to uh, by driving or flying. And, I mean, we've got groups coming in from all across the country. And so it's for middle school. Now, what I've got left, I've got about 20 spaces for, for females, about 20 spaces for males. And uh, again, this is Worldview Camp. And folks, let me just say this. And again, if you want to join in this conversation, call me, 888-589-8840. Maybe you've got a question about the camp or uh, anything in the news today, uh, call me, 888-589-8840. But here's the thing about the youth camp, folks. Um, yeah, we talk about Christianity. We talk about how to be a disciple and walk with Jesus and and just those things that teenagers need to know about how to, to live for the Lord, how to find your purpose in life, uh, how to really know what it means, your identity in Jesus. Of course, we talk about all that. But we're going to be talking about the United States of America and what it means not only to be a Christian, but a citizen. And so it's July 17th through 22nd. Now, we have scholarships. I mean, we have to pay the bills. And, uh, you know, a quarter century of camps and conferences, God always comes through. And the best part of all, God always works in the lives of young people. The last camp we did, guess how many kids made a decision for Christ? They either came to Jesus or came back to Jesus, but 100%. Always. I mean, and I I give God the praise, but whether it's the call to be saved and know that you're a born-again believer, or it's the call to stay off drugs, or to stay off inappropriate material on the internet, to keep your your heart and mind pure, and to live for the Lord and then be committed to make a a difference for God and country, we always have 100% of the kids and they get all excited, and basically as they leave at the end of the camp week, the only question on their mind is, oh my goodness, when is next year? So it's going to fill up. we got about 20 spaces for girls, 20 spaces for guys. Go to my website, which is alexmcfarland.com, or NC, as in North Carolina, ncrefuge.org. That's the camp. And um, hey, uh, if you need scholarship help, email us. We'll make it happen. Uh, nobody nobody gets turned away. Uh, we're we're going to go to the phones. We're going to talk with Joe from Florida. Uh, Joe, thanks for holding. This is Alex here on the American Family Radio Network. How's everything in Florida, Joe? Uh, it's good. Thank you for taking my call. Um, I'm calling about something you had said last, I believe it was last Tuesday during Sherathon. Okay. You were speaking with uh, Abraham Hamilton and the two of you were talking about why atheists talk about God so much if mm-hmm. they don't believe in God. Right. And uh, I wanted to put in my two cents, because I am an atheist. Okay, it's, sure. It's, it's the same reason that many 
Christians talk about evolution or Islam, it's because we don't believe God exists, but mm-hmm. we believe that people who believe in um, we we see that people who believe in God make decisions based on their beliefs, and sometimes they those decisions can be seen as harmful to other people. So it's not that we're angry with God; we just have a problem with the people who believe in God making public policy based on those beliefs which affect other people. Sure, sure. Hey, you know what? I am so... For one thing, Joe, thanks for calling. And I I feel very privileged to speak with you. Uh, I really, really do. And um, hey, do you mind me asking, um, have you always been an atheist? Have you always considered yourself an atheist? Or was there a time that you ever did consider yourself a believer in God or a Christian? No, I, I did used to believe in God up until about uh, 17 or 18. Then actually what, what started me down the road, I didn't become an atheist overnight, but what started me down that path was actually starting to read the Bible and study mm-hmm. it. And I started to realize that a lot of what it says doesn't match up with what we know about the world around us, like stories in Genesis and things like that. And mm-hmm. it was just a gradual process after that. Um, was there, was there like a moment, and, and I really appreciate, I, I sincerely mean this, I, I really do, I appreciate the chance to dialogue a little bit and, and understand each other and not like talk past each other, and uh, I, I hope we can converse a lot, but um, was there ever kind of a moment where you decided that belief in the God of the Bible was just not tenable, or was it sort of a process? It was It was more of a process. It wasn't—it was there—I mean, for some people it is pretty quick, but for me it was a very gradual process. It was basically from about 17 to about—I would say I officially acknowledged being an atheist in 2006, so I would have been— 23 at the time. So it was about a six-year process from Christ or from theism to definite atheism with little, it, there was, there was uh, intermittent steps along the way. Mm-hmm. Like I think I first, first I went from, okay, well, I don't believe the God of the Bible is true, but there must be some sort of pantheistic God or some sort of deistic God and, and mm-hmm. so on and so forth. It wasn't just ripping off the Band-Aid all at once. Right, right. Um, when you realized that you were an atheist, I mean, was there any regret? I mean, was there, like, um, any kind of, um, emotional, uh, sadness that accompanied that? Or was it, was it in your heart and mind? What was your emotional reaction to this realization? Uh, to be honest, I would say not sadness, but a sense of, um, I don't know if I would say comfort, but a sense of relief that I no longer had to worry about going to heaven or hell or or anything like that. And and, and I don't want you to misunderstand me and say that I'm mm-hmm. I, I oh now I'm not accountable to anybody for my actions because as an atheist I am definitely accountable to other people for my actions in society around me. I but, just don't believe like... I'm accountable to any higher power. So if, if, if atheism is true, um, is there any purpose to life? And if so, like, 
I know we could say, well, I'd rather there be life and a good life than danger and death and, you know, whatever. Um, but as an atheist, do you think there's, there's any transcendent purpose, any objective purpose, and if so, why? I don't believe there's an objective purpose to life, but I believe there is subjective purpose to life, that people, people give their own lives meaning based on things they enjoy, family, friends, their, their hobbies, their pursuits, learning more about the world around them and making the world a better place for other people. And I know that not every atheist shares that view, but that's just my personal view. Right. So, so, like, are there any subjective purposes people could have that would be bad? Yes. People, people can have, you know, people can do bad things or have bad views, you know, subjectively. Hey, I think you're breaking up, man. Bummer, because I want to talk to you. you hey, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. Um, Joe, I'm going to give you my email, my email, and everybody, super easy, alex at alexmcfarland.com. Um, hey, if you would be so kind, let's talk, please. Alex at alexmcfarland.com. Uh, time fleets away. I'm going to go to Vilma from Mississippi and try to get Vilma in here. Vilma, are you there? Oh, we lost Vilma. Okay, well, you know, <laughs> we're going to have to resume this conversation. Joe, I'm going to be on tomorrow, if you can hear this. Let, let's talk some more tomorrow, uh, friends. And let me just say this. Why do I believe in God? Uh, CCSS, folks. Now think about this. The, uh, these acronym letters, CCSS, Creation, Conscience, Scripture, Savior. These things, these four things are best understood in terms of God existing. Creation had to have a creator. Our conscience, the law written on every heart, had to come from a moral lawgiver. Then you've got the Bible, fulfill prophecy, archaeological confirmation, the power to change lives, the affirmation of Jesus. And then the only one who ever rose from the dead, Jesus, who conquered the grave. That's the only explanation for all the known facts is that he rose. Well, if Jesus rose, then what he said was true. And what we read about him is trustworthy. In other words, all of these things are best understood in terms of God existing and God being knowable. And friend, you can know God, and God wants to be a part of your life. Alex McFarlane here. I'll be back in a few moments with Exploring the Word. Thanks for listening. God bless you. Again, you can reach out to me, alex at alexmcfarlane.com. Stay tuned to the American Family Radio Network. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio. Faith, family, freedom.